Hello everybody, and welcome in to an episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. 121, 122, something like that. One or the other. Somewhere around there, you know? It's over 120 though, uh-huh. which is which is a plenty. That is a plenty. Uh, we, we recently had our 50th episode of 2021 out of 120 total, so we've really been on the grind mm-hmm. in, this, in this past calendar year. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, WandaVision. The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Loki just wrapped up. Mm-hmm. We're talking Bad Batch now. I gotta watch Loki. I still haven't. haven't well, because, I mean, you're gonna have to. Yeah, that's what it's seeming like. No, like, you're gonna have to. <laughs> like, they're, they're not shying away from the whole, you're gonna need to pay money to get Disney Plus and watch these series to that's understand fu- the movies. That's fucked up, though. That's oh, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that's an exploitation. Because sure. it's like, well, I get it, but like, it's oh, just yeah. like I'm Colton Robertson and this is Tavares Pennington continue. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, th- th- it, that just like, I feel like makes it seem like Marvel is a fucking has a monopoly on like entertainment to a certain level. Like they're just like, yeah, you like it's required. It's all your childhood shit. We're putting it all in one place. Everything that you'll ever want. Oh, if you don't want it, you want to keep up with the stories. You gotta get it. And see, that's my thing is that, like, I'm cool with paying for Disney Plus because, like, they have all the Star Wars shit and all the yeah. Marvel shit. All the new Star Wars shit will go there. All the new Marvel Obviously shit. Obviously, they and have a crazy catalog. Yeah. That's all I need. And then, like, all the Pixar shit that they sprinkle in every once in a while. Well, I guess it's, like it's not. I guess it's not Marvel doing the thing. It's just Disney oh, yeah, doing. Disney has a monopoly. It's Disney doing that's what it does. No it does have a monopoly. This is the same thing with fucking, uh, like, Disney, Disney, the, like, the Disney parks and shit. I feel yeah. like the experience they create they're like you don't know disney until you come to space mountain like you don't you don't know like you're out of the loop sorry speaking of of space speaking of space one one uh one very rich man jeffrey bezos made his way into space the other day yeah they said he went to the edge of space Uh, suborbital flight just beyond earth's atmosphere yeah suborbital 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 Suborbital. Sounds like a Star Wars character. <laughs> suborbital. Subor- suborbital. <laughs> nah, it yeah. does. Uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's, in, he's in space. He's on mm-hmm. his way back, apparently. Oh, he's there right now. He's there right now. In the moment, he's... How long was he in space? I didn't know if he was there right is space, now. Is time different in space? I don't know. I don't know how different the passage of time is uh, once you get out of the atmosphere and enter suborbital. Suborbital. But uh, Jeff Bezos and crew returned to Earth after a historic suborbital flight. So that was uh, earlier today that they they came. Ah, so they went up this morning, came back this afternoon. I guess they had a a lunch date up in suborbit. Yeah, they were like, we're going to go suborbital and then we'll be right back down. Uh, (laughs) They have to pay taxes there. (laughs) They pay taxes in suborbit. Do you think they were like, oh, re-entry fee. Re-entry fee. Yeah, the toll, this is the uh, inner, uh, I don't even know what you you would call it, Uh, intercontinental. Interplanetary. Interplanetary tax. (laughs) Intercontinental (laughs) interplanetary tax, yeah. (laughs) Sounds like some Rick and Morty shit. Well, speaking of Rick and Morty, that's what we're going to be talking today. Obviously, we talked the first two episodes few weeks back yeah uh it was it was a great it was a great deal of fun we did episode one as it came out episode two as it came out then episode three came out we were unable to uh unable to link episode four came out we were again unable to link and then episode five came out and you know what now we're ready now we're ready now we're ready so we're gonna talk 
episodes three, four, and five today. That is a Rick Convenient Mort, Rick Dependence Spray, and a Mortican Graffiti. So I'm looking forward to it. That last one was called a Mortican Graffiti. I can tell you more on that later. I can tell you exactly what, what that's in reference to. Okay. Uh, and then we're also going to talk uh, Vince Staples' new release, self-titled album, Vince Staples. Uh, it's uh, said to be his most personal album. I, and I, it, it sounds very, very good. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very good. More on that later as well. Uh, you know, any, any you've been watching anything lately? What have I been watching? I really, we've been watching, rewatching Game of Thrones. Yeah, how's that going? Good, good, pretty good, pretty good. You get Game of Thrones out though sometimes. Like you Certainly. watch so much you watch of it. You watch a few episodes and you're like, all right, I need to. You're like, I, I need a break for a few days. Yeah, like it's like this has been a lot. Um, but no, I've just been. I don't, I don't know what I've been watching really. Not much. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, going. Me and me and Emily, you know, we're also making the trek through Game of Thrones. We're on season seven now. Oh shit, y'all. Yeah, we going. We, we we've been on that grind. Yeah, we're almost done now. Less than ten episodes left. Shit, which is crazy to think about because we got uh, episode four of season seven, five, six, seven, and then the sixth and the next one. So ten episodes left. Damn. Yeah. There's only six episodes in season eight. Yeah. I can't believe they did that. They were like, let's six. get the fuck out of here, man. Six. They're like, uh, eight. No, 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 no. Seven. No. No. Yeah, they did Six? seven. They did seven uh, in well, season seven. Yes, I, I was they, thinking five, but <laughs> <laughs> they hit a seven. They hit seven episodes in season seven, and they were like, "Let's just bring that down." Yeah, right. They were like, "We have been on, on our way out since halfway through season four. Yeah, and like on this rewatch, I'm just realizing like it really feels like a different show. Like when really? you get to season, I mean, like not completely, but like. The storylines are all merging to come together, you know, mm-hmm. like that's when everything starts happening and you're like, wow, this feels brand new compared mm-hmm. to I remember like having a sensation like that around that point where you're just like, Game of Thrones is something that was the seasons, like the first four seasons, yeah. four, four or five seasons. And then after that, it just kind of got to a point where things had developed so much that you were like, well, it's just a different phase of everyone's life. Like none of these yeah. characters are who I met them as. No, no, they're not. And uh, spoilers for Game of Thrones here. If you want to uh, skip ahead a couple minutes, I'm going to I'm going to talk about something real quick. Three, two, one. So we got the reveal for Emily here that uh, John isn't Ned's son, mm-hmm. that he is Liana's son. Mm-hmm. However, she still doesn't know who the daddy is. Mm. So now, well, when she learned that, she was like, well, that's cool. I like Ned now a lot more than I did because she was really like, fuck that guy for cheating. But then she found out she didn't, sh- he didn't cheat. Right. So that's huge. Uh, but now she just thinks she's, he's a bastard by Liana Stark. Uh-huh. Not not Ned Stark. Yeah. And so I'm like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You she don't said some to... shit like I feel like Jon Snow is gonna be the king of the whole thing soon and I was like oh, I was like I was like I he, he oh. probably should be. Oh, <laughs> he probably should I don't want it. <laughs> I don't I don't want it. I don't want it. It's not mine. Uh, John fucking ne- Snow. I never want it. I never want it. Uh, I, I missed I'm that. I'm king because you chose me. 
I, w- was Jon Snow king in the north? King in the north. He was. Yeah, they declare him king in the north in the season six finale. And upon rewatch, the best episode of that show. Really? Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm remembering is like that's the era like five and five to end of to end of seven is the seasons I, I like don't remember the most about because by that point I was just like blitzing the show. Yeah. Like, and and what I'm realizing too on rewatch the first time I watched the show I loved Jon Snow all the way through yeah at least I remembered loving him all the way through he's kind of boring in the beginning oh he's boring for four seasons yeah he's pretty boring like, yeah, like and, and not not boring but like the reason he's not boring on rewatch is because you know what's coming but mm-hmm. on first watch you're just kind of like why do we keep coming to the night's watch here <laughs> and it's because it's because this guy's going to be a fucking legend yeah right and they really develop that seasons five and six yeah. that's it and yeah then they're like season seven this guy's king in the north fucking deal with it yeah. you know what i'm yeah, saying exactly it's pretty it's pretty dope it gets like it gets so good in those like people like i think most people kind of talk shit on season six and seven um those are some of my favorite seasons. Though. I, oh, season six. That's my favorite season yeah. for sure. On, I mean, Battle of the Bastards. Huh. Uh, Winds of Winter where Cersei blows up the Sept. Uh-huh. John gets named King in the North. Daenerys is officially ready to head across mm-hmm. to uh, Essos. Uh, she she becomes... Oh, she gets all the Dothraki on her side mm-hmm. uh, after killing all the, the Call and all his blood riders and shit like it's a pretty epic season. Pretty, yeah. That's that's that, those are a lot of major events. I don't. This this has turned into a Game of Thrones podcast, though. It is a Game of Thrones podcast. Our first episode. This is about this Game is technically a Game of Thrones podcast. Technically, by if you go by what the first episode is about, yeah. Then yeah, this is a Game of Thrones podcast. We just haven't talked about it in like a year, a while. It's been a minute. It's been. <laughs> I also I finished season five of Sopranos. Oh shit! Did you? I did. I'm, trying, there... I'm really trying ahead of that movie. Like I'm gonna get it done. That's the movie's not until October, though, right? Yeah, not until no. October. But like uh, it, the the rate I'm going, it probably will be like right before October that mm-hmm. I finish the show. Oh okay. Uh, it's it's fucking good. Like, yeah, no. Uh, it, season five reeled me all the way back in. Uh-huh. Like I'm like, oh fuck yeah, this is dope. Everything's yeah. awesome. Uh, shit's sad. You know, some like really out of it seems like out of nowhere shit happens in the last couple episodes mm-hmm. and you're like oh that developed quickly but like it made sense yeah you know like it was right. like, if it was gonna happen it was gonna happen quickly mm-hmm. uh, so you'll see when you get there but okay. uh it's exciting it's exciting shit it's exciting, it's exciting right. shit so uh, what do you say we jump into rick and morty i think it's about that time it's about that time let's roll the tape To the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. talk some rick and morty we got season five episode three a rick convenient mort 
it was it was a solid one, you know. It was a solid one. It gets a little more real than you'd yeah. anticipate. Rick and Morty typically getting. I mean, it gets real every now and then. Every now and then, yeah. But you never get the realness from Morty's perspective. It's always the realness in uh, in Rick's life, like right. how sad Rick is. Right. Uh, but Morty going through that, uh, the teenage. Yeah, like, and this is kind of. I wonder. Story. I wonder if he's if they're gonna like treat Morty with more seniority in the seasons after this one because like they already do do that like from the time that Rick and Morty starts to now like Morty is so much more adjusted to sort of like the life that Rick leads or has yeah, him lead yeah. you know like he's everything's much bigger than he'd previously known yeah. prior to Rick now he knows just how big everything is and yeah. he's taking on a little bit of that fuck everything yeah you know, right like, like he's developing his personality based off of his knowledge of the universes and what he's also basing is uh the formation of his personality off of is like not being rick though mm-hmm. like but regardless when you know all the shit rick does yeah right you do with all this shit with rick you're gonna fall into that you're gonna fall into that the, a little of, bit uh, of that fuck everything mentality at least yeah, you'll yeah, you'll it, kill four humans without it, thinking about dash it dash of nihilism you know Nothing nothing matters in the grand scheme of things. But then it's like, you know, he's a teenager, so the things that people, like, generally accept don't matter, matter to 14-year-old Mortys. He's still 14 in the continuity. Yeah, he's 14. I think it, he's just 14 never to age. stay. Yeah, yeah I think like, that's it's, just it's kinda, the cartoon thing, you know? It's the cartoon thing. Right? Simpsons have been the same, like, they've been the same age for 40 fucking years now, practically. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of awesome. I was thinking about that when we were watching it. I was like, what if someone tried to do like a form of Rick and Morty where they were like older? Rick's geriatric and Morty's 25. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, that just wouldn't even be funny. Like, I, I, I think Beth and or I think Summer and Morty are going to be like cool people in the imaginary space where they're older. But like that doesn't. That's not necessarily the imaginary space of Rick and Morty and no. why that's enjoyable. No, yeah, it's the uh, – their youthful hijinks is what brings us a, another element to the show. Yeah. Like they're, they're not naivety at this point because they've seen enough shit, but they've still got some of it left. Yeah. Like you see in this episode, like Rick, Jerry uh, – Jerry, fuck, I cannot get it right. Morty falls hard. Yeah, yeah, no, he does. He does. What 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 is cool about that though? I, I think what like you can do with, um, sort of like the, the dynamic of like or like how how dynamic the characters are is like. Have you seen that? Uh, did we watch that anime version of Rick and Morty thing together? Oh, the uh, the like the samurai one. No, there's a different one where uh, like it was like an anime. It, it was like an anime pilot of Rick and Morty. I don't think I ever saw it. We should watch that. It's like seven minutes. We should watch that right now. Watch it right Right, so we're back, and it was dope. Yeah, so yeah, like that. That's like, you know, in summary, the point, I don't really remember it, but You're it's... You're talking about the characterization of, yeah, the, yeah, of them. Like, like it, it, it's a really, like, vast, like, land of possibilities, what you could do with the characters of Rick and Morty, and it's like, that also feeds into sort of the way that they normally make their 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 seasons and their episodes, which is like this very, um, I don't know, like, 
Rick half could be an absolute fucking asshole in one episode, mm-hmm. and then the next you'll sh- it'll show that he very clearly loves the people he's protecting. Right, which which then gives that. a bunch of credence, I think, to these like to, like fan theories and things of that nature, where they're like, oh, well, this is what they're like, and it's like, well, it's never really set in stone. Like it changes up so often. Yeah, and that's they, really what this what these past three episodes do too. <laughs> yeah, they go all over the place, and especially in that in that one where Morty falls in love. Mm-hmm. What, what was her name? Uh, uh, uh and uh, what was the? Uh, I can't remember. It was an apple, or uh, I don't know. She she protected the world. Yeah, the el- with all the elements and all those rings and shit. Uh. Regardless, him falling in love with her and then, you know, telling his mom she's the only person who's ever understood her, everything, understood him, everything he's ever said is, you know, I rolled at, like, nobody takes what he says yeah. seriously. And it's mm-hmm. like, you do see that quite a bit. And yeah. Like, every once in a while, they'll poke something through that's like, oh, yeah, all the shit that Rick says to him gets to him. It's yeah. It's not just a, yeah. a character quirk of Rick's to be an asshole. Right. Morty also has feelings. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. That's that's part of the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good reason why um, Rick and Morty have such a, a tenuous relationship as they do. Yeah, it's... Uh, Rick it's refuses to I- indulge those feelings in Morty. Planetina. Planetina. Planetina was her name. Yeah, and you know, Morty won't... Uh, isn't lower than attempting to kill Rick if it comes to it. No. As we've seen before. No. I think it was like season three or something. He shot Rick in the face, but it was part of Rick's plan. And he Uh thought Morty read that it was part of the plan, but Morty was like, oh, yeah, good thing I read that note. Yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, that was early on, too, in Rick and Morty. Yeah, but. I thought I thought episode three was a really good one. I liked that they made uh, Beth a little more loving to her kids instead of like more like Rick. Where yeah, he's a little cold and distant. Showed that she actually cares for Morty and uh-huh. like, looks out for his feelings gener- generally. Generally, generally. But it's also you know when you're a teenager, you're a teenager. Sometimes you just react to things in ways that people can't really accommodate. You know that seems like a really really good segue into the next episode. Uh, yeah, Rick dependent yeah. spray. You know, on a you, whole nother level. When you get the teenagers who uh, Rick dependent spray. Yeah, Rick dependent. I'm thinking about spray. the episode. Yeah. It's like it, it, it definitely. This one's a play on Independence Day. I don't know a Rick convenient mort. It's an inconvenient something, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is though. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that would be. However, yeah, I just I think I feel like. They're pulling these names out of a hat. Like, honestly. This one this one makes more sense. You know, you have the doomsday aliens invading. Oh, Independence yeah. Independence Day. Yeah, Rick, yeah. De- Rick Dependence Spray. Uh-huh. They just made it as grotesque as possible. Yeah, which I just found it really funny about that episode, like, in the in the post, or in, like, in the, um, inside the episode, little special. Nobody who they interviewed who worked on the episode, like, can really justify what the fuck transpired in that episode. They're just kind of like, yeah, it happened. We, we, we made it. We, we published it. It's it's out there in the world now. A Rick Our con- names are on it. I found what a Rick convenient mort is, I think. Uh, What's that? It, it's dealing with an inconvenient truth about climate change. Planet Tina was combating climate change and all that in her murderous 
Raisins. Okay. An Inconvenient Truth is a uh, documentary by Al Gore. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Oscar-winning documentary about the environment featuring the unlikeliest movie stars, former presidential candidate Al Gore. I've heard about that. This goes deep, huh? Their their jokes are really... Oh, yeah, and I'll get to that with the next episode, too, because that that one's one's actually a really good title for the next one. But let's talk about Rick Dependent Spray a little bit more. Uh, (laughs) Do we have to? (laughs) uh, Morty lets his urges get the best of him. He does. And he sticks his dick where it doesn't belong. Uh, And it nearly wipes out the planet. Yeah, and that's just how things go in Rick and Morty. Talk about the ultimate post-nut clarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, what's funny is that th- that's probably wasn't even like this was. That was the thing that they were just kind of like using as a vehicle to get where they really wanted to go, which yeah. was sperm taking over the planet. Yeah. Um, giant sperm. They're fighting giant sperm, and then I, and then you got the the formation of the alliance with the Chuts, the half horse people. Who Rick has conveniently banged one of their princesses. Yeah. And therefore is the father of the heir to the Chet kingdom. Which he did not know, nor realize, nor... I have, have an heir? <laughs> I have a substance abuse problem. <laughs> it was a, uh, it, it was quite the episode, and as wacky as this shit fucking gets ever. Like, it doesn't get oh, much yeah. crazier than this in Rick and Morty. No, no, it doesn't get much. I I was watching this episode for the first time, completely intoxicated, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I giant sperm monsters, man. I don't know how to process, compute what the point of this plot is, but it's weird. And then I just left it at that, and I was like, well, that was a Rick and Morty episode. And then I go back and watch it again. I think it's actually funny. Funny as hell. It's actually, actually funny. Like, uh, joke after joke, just hitting, hitting, hitting. The first yeah. time I watched it, I was a little floored by the premise itself. Yeah, the premise itself is just a lot to kind of digest. <laughs> Giant sperm monsters attacking Earth and such. Uh, they, they do a couple little Star Wars references with uh, You Are My Father and uh, Freezing Rick and in Ice carbonite. slash Carbonite. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> It was, uh, it was, it was pretty, uh, I've never, I've never wanted to be taken dead more. I've never hated being taken alive more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would, that would suck in general though. I think that, um, they had a, they always have a way of making, of escalating these like miniature threats to like global exist, like, uh, extinction level. Threats. Yeah. Like these are extinction level events that Rick and Morty have to fight off pretty regularly. Which results in a giant incest baby floating through space. Yes, it does. Uh, this is what happens when you try to uh, make a planet on your own separate from Rick. Yeah. Uh, a giant incest baby. You know, Rick Rick had this Rick had this relatively under control. To be fair, they did not know that the sperm monsters were the creation of Mori. Which is a, a weird predicament for them to be put in. It was just like... That what was, if they're Morty's kids, though? That was probably one of the best scenes I've seen. And they've done this a couple times. Uh, they did this in the um, the episode with the... Uh, God, I can't remember the alien species name. But the one where it was like they kept... Um, the illusion kept revealing itself where um, they would like pop up in different... like 
you know, and then because uh, Rick was in jail, he was getting his brain. Yeah, that was uh, it was at the Federation. Right? Yeah, the Federation. I think so. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was like the season three premiere. Yeah, and at the end, we never left his Shonies. That one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when like Rick is eventually, you know, killing everyone, they realize, hey, or and he changes, like he topples the entire like Watch civilization one to a zero, one to a zero, and the guys, the the generals are like. There's one thing that nobody's seeing here. <laughs> yeah, and the the dude did it again. The sperm scientist who created the sperm, the giant sperm. Like, I know there's an answer to this. <laughs> See you in hell. Yeah. <laughs> Jumps off the ledge. <laughs> and I was just like, well, why is people committing suicide with no other options? Funny to me. <laughs> in in Rick and in the context of Rick and Morty, certainly. Funny. It is. It is certainly funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but because and literally all it was for like he could not have known that he was possibly creating an incest a giant incest baby but when he realizes that that is the logical outcome of this problem he just is like fuck it all i will not be around to experience this or witness this i think he was kind of like well i've just damned earth <laughs> But it's not bad. It's not that bad. Like, you know, the baby may have some birth defects, but I don't know. This motherfucker can breathe in space. I was thinking that, too. I was like, so he just casually, like. What happens when that baby grows up, bro? He can just, like, fly anywhere. That shit's going to be like Galacticus, basically. Oh, a got, naked Galacticus. We got a, a nice new version of, uh, you know, Rick and Morty's Galactus in the next episode. Yeah. A Morty can graffiti. Yeah. Uh, this title is based off the the 1973 film American Graffiti, uh, written and directed by George Lucas. Okay. Uh, the storyline and specific from that movie that applies well to this episode of television is that someone in that movie lent like asked someone to watch over their car. They use that car to impress somebody. Which they do in Rick and Morty in this okay. episode. Okay. There, there are some deep deep cutters out back there like they, yeah, they got like, some, okay what's kind of similar here they got some niche like knowledge like of like just yeah. shit george lucas pre-star wars movie there yeah right like that's crazy like nobody knows about that hardly like and that's what's funny is that like people who have watched american graffiti are yeah. probably also star wars fans like that's the oh, only, that's, that's yeah, you, about it. You've though. got because most people at this point are probably watching Star Wars and then going and watching American Amer- graffiti, uh, if, yeah. if that even be the uh, yeah the George case. Lucas's old movies. I uh, there's probably only a couple people around who watched who like like film vets who knew who George Lucas was before he made Star Wars because he was not at all like a notable director as far as I remember. No, but what's crazy is the team he was running with. He was like down with Francis Ford Coppola and Steven Spielberg and all these dudes. So like he was like around big names before he was a big name himself, which is funny. Right. But yeah, that's where they got the name. Amortican Graffiti. uh, Graffiti. Uh, They they take Rick's car and try to impress... uh, the Chuck, Chuck guy. The Chuck guy. Chuck guy. You can't... Uh, I thought that was interesting. This guy's name was like Chuck. His last name was Chuck something. The episode after a species named the Chuts. Yeah. How, how, how do you let that and happen? And there's another guy named Chet in the episode. <laughs> another guy named Chet in the episode. I don't know what, what's up with that name. 
I want it could be like a little like joke in the writers' room. I bet about like probably they're just fucking with us. I yeah. mean, they're trying they're trying to impress Bruce Chutback. Bruce Chutback. Bruce Chutback. Uh, that doesn't cut the chut. <laughs> uh, Bruce Chutback. I, I didn't even know what he meant when he said that at first. I was like, "Are you happy?" He said, "What the fuck? What does that even mean?" That the fuck is cut, cutting the chut? Cutting the chut. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> this dude's a douchebag. I hate Bruce Chutback. We'll uh, we'll see if you guys chut. We'll see if you guys cut the chut. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Fuck that guy. The 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 fun storyline for me in this episode is Jerry. Beth and Rick with the uh, demons who yeah, that was uh, love funny. pain because pain brings them pleasure. Yeah. Embarrassment makes them proud, so yeah. on and so forth. Uh, that's a fun That's a fun mm-hmm. idea. And a very Rick and Morty thing of them. A very, yeah, very Rick and Morty thing. thing every species you can think of. And the whole like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I failed you. It makes me embarrassed. Which makes me proud. Which makes me proud. <laughs> this causes me great pain, which makes me very happy, which brings me pain, <laughs> which in turn makes me happy again. <laughs> they were just trying to confuse you. Like you're just like what? Until so you just you just gotta. It's a simple. Just anything that hurts, anything that sucks, anything that's ill spirited, cringy is good. Anything cringy that that fuels? Yeah, I, them. I I like how they like were thinking like let's just do like an entire plot essentially around Jerry's cringiness and the novelty of it. Like how just how cringy Jerry? Everybody knows Jerry's cringy, but do do you understand how cringy he is? Like an entire species like puts him like on a whole nother level of enjoyment because he is like, that he cringy. is that cringy. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty outstanding. It is. It is just the the depth of the of the depths to which they will go to land the joke. I'm trying. I I want to go back real quick because another storyline from one of these episodes just occurred to me. Uh, I think it was a Rick convenient Mort where Jerry uh, where Rick and uh, Summer are going planet to planet, orgy to orgy, oh, and fuck. fucking everything. Yeah, that lives. a Rick convenient Mort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Post credit scene. Yeah, <laughs> his mom. Talk. His mom in the back. Yeah, mom's not talking to us. Oh, because we had gay sex. <laughs> Happy birthday, dad. <laughs> and the guy's just like, <sighs> it's just like everyone's back to their fucking terrible, awkward, depressed lives now. Well, like, what's, what's funny is everything's even more awkward and depressing because everyone fucked each other. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, there's such a way for the Rick and Morty plot to end. Like, but yeah, I just thought that I don't know what made me think of that, but something from this last episode really, really yeah. brought that brought that back for me. I thought that was outstanding. Uh, but yeah, this this episode with uh, you know Bruce Chutback going on an adventure uh, with you know uh-huh. Morty and Summer, they they visit uh, Change Formers. Which is fun. Uh, they ultimately murder all the Changeformers, a genocide of the Changeformers. Don't want to get hit with that Hasbro lawsuit. Nah, can't can't actually use Transformers or anything like that. That would be uh, that would be a copyright. I can't believe the to- like Transformers literally comes from toys. Like I think before it was like a cartoon. Before it was, 
before it was a anything, comic. It was it was, it was, it was just random action figures that they made, and like that's why Hasbro owns the fucking movie rights. Like they they own the name. Like anytime you see Transformers, it's got a trademark next to it. I think yeah. like that just seems familiar. Like Transformers TM. TM. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, it's a. Uh, it's great that whole genre of like toys making things a big fucking deal. Yeah, is crazy. Like you could argue that's the case for comic book movies. Uh, you could yeah for Transformers and like before it all Star Wars. Like the movie came out, but what really drove it home was the merchandise sales. Yeah, all the action figures and stuff that they sold. With I feel like that that is going to be less and less the case the more that the digital era comes upon us. It has become less and less. Yeah, like nobody's like really buying toys and going crazy over that shit. They got fucking YouTube. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, I, uh, I I don't know how that came up. I don't remember. We were talking about the change formers. Ah, the change formers. Correct. Uh, yeah, the, the car kills all the, uh, change formers. They get, the car does kill all the change formers after it tries to, um, have sex with, one of the change formers it was like hey will you guys help me lose my virginity and then they're like how can you have a virginity and she's like anything can have a virginity and don't all objects have virginity (laughs) i think that's what she said yeah doesn't a doorknob have virginity and Morty's like not my doorknob don't fuck my doorknob Morty will fuck anything. Goodness Christ. Yeah, no, Morty is definitely made out to be the horny teenager. He's a horny little boy. And and an adult, adult, like, show like Rick and Morty is in an adult cartoon, like, why not have the 14-year-old be horny all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. And, uh, I mean, you had Summer in episode episode three talking about how she was going to eat all the puss. On the planet. Yeah. Yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Of these three episodes, I say this fifth one was probably my least favorite. Uh, okay. The, yeah. The, uh, probably my least favorite of the season so far. It wasn't bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's still Rick and Morty. Extraordinarily fun and enjoyable and hilarious. But, you know, it just didn't hit the way these other two that we're talking about did. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I'm between the fifth one and the third one, Rick Convenient more. Because that one was good it just wasn't really it was just an episode to me it wasn't super like funny per se it was ironic in a lot of ways but it wasn't like they were going they were they were going for a more serious tone yeah it was a, it was a characterization of morty more yeah than, uh, more than anything else uh which is which is great yeah, yeah which is good it's just like you know I come to Rick and Morty. So, so undoubtedly, your favorite episode of these three is the is the sperm. I guess it's going to end up being that one. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the last, the back half of it was just so funny because there was like a point where you could tell that they had like shifted from doing what they had wanted to do, which was starting a war with the everyone like between sperm, them and sperm, everyone living on Earth versus sperm to them resolving it. And the ways that they have to then resolve that issue is were just hilarious to me for some reason. The centuries long war with the Chats. Yeah. Ultimately ending with Rick's alliance via child. Yeah. And, you know, he gets out of that nice and easy. (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) That was easy. That was easy. That shit was hilarious he's like how what was he saying he was just like talking about like i'll take it's, care it's of time you. somebody made an honest man out of me <laughs> i'll take care of the baby i'll do anything you need <laughs> it's just, time 
Oh, oh, that's quick. Let's go. All right, we're doing this. <laughs> Baby's born, just digs a hole into the center of the earth, and he's like, oh, that's that's just it. We don't have to raise it. Yeah, they're ready to go right out of the box. <laughs> right out of the box. He's like, oh, all right, well, see you around. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> what a great fucking scene. That was pretty funny, yeah. Nah, yeah, Rick Sanchez. Quite quite the fucking guy. Quite the fucking guy. And I think uh, once you watch Loki, you'll find that we've been introduced to the MCU's equivalent of Rick Sanchez. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You'll know what I mean once you finish Loki. Okay. So Loki's how many episodes? Six. Six. That's how I say. I was like that. That show came and went very quickly. Yeah, it was an easy watch, and uh, it'll. It's a lot better if you. Are they hour long episodes? Uh, anywhere from like forty two minutes to an hour. You okay. know, like somewhere in that range generally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, very good show. Uh, definitely recommend. And uh, yeah, any any last thoughts on these three episodes of Rick and Morty? Uh, no, no. Uh, watch, watch. Uh, what was that called? Galact, not, not Galactus. Genocider. Genocider. Yeah, that. If you if you haven't watched that, that's that's dope. Yeah, dope that'll watch. be a really touching, fresh view of the characters Rick and Morty for mm-hmm. you. Uh, it's it's a it's a fun one for sure. Uh, we we interrupted this segment itself to uh, get in a little yeah little genocider. I do it ten times out of ten. Ten times out of ten. So uh, shall we move on to uh, Vince Staples? We shall. I believe. Let's do it. Fuck it, let's keep going. All right, fuck it. Vince Staples, self-titled album. Vince Staples, mostly produced by Kenny Beats. I think uh, it was completely produced. Completely by produced by Kenny Beats. Yeah. Uh, this was a good album uh, yeah. for me. Top three so far this year in terms of rap album. Mm-hmm. You know, we got "Call Me If You Get Lost," "The Off Season," and this. Uh, and this is strong for it being as short as it is. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah, no, I think it was very good too. It's, um, I don't know how to how to because it's like you know when I was reading the Apple Music thing, it was talking a lot about how this is considered to be more of a personal album, hence the you know self titled aspect of it. Um, and I mean for whatever that's worth, you know, is fine. But I feel like at the same time, Vince Staples' older attempts are a little more like i don't know like this sounds a lot it sounded it reminded me a lot of summertime 06 which is interesting because i feel like that may be the last like raw representation of what vince staples music like i'm, I'm with you it was it was back to sounds his like bread and butter yeah like, i'm a rap about life yeah, and not this conceptual shit that I was on with like yeah, Big Fish Theory, and right. FM, and I mean, Prima Donna was just him flexing the whole Prima time. Prima Donna basically. was just him flexing. That so, was, which uh, honestly, Prima Donna is one of my favorite Vince Staples project projects. Nobody likes that project for some reason, oh, but I, I feel like it's like just so fun. Like, I remember when like, that shit dropped. We were, I think, we were like, were we seniors? No, we no, we were like juniors or sophomores. I want to say. Yeah, I remember when that shit dropped. Though I we, do too. We were the only two people who liked it. Yeah. We were like, you listen to this? And they were we're, like, fuck that. Yeah, like Vince Staples. Who's that? Staples? Vince who? I'd like to see this one performed live. Oh, Mostly because yeah. it'd be a nice quick concert, you know? Oh, In and yeah. out, 25 minutes. 
Do, do, do they do that? <laughs> no, no that'd be awesome. Okay, it's just like I'm gonna come out, perform this album all the way through, and then I'm gonna fucking leave. I think that would be the best shit ever. I would, no, I would be kind of underwhelmed because you know, I'd be if I if I'm if I go to a concert and I'm back home within an hour, that's kind of like a oh yeah, absolutely. But can you imagine though? <laughs> like, like imagine that the cost reflected. That that's what the concert would be. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like it was twenty dollar like, tickets. Twenty dollar tickets. You show up. You're there for thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. He does his whole album and then dips. And you're just like, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. I watched. I got to see Ben Staples about twenty minutes ago. Yeah, I love that. That but, that uh, would be that would be fun. But yeah, I uh, I really appreciated this album, and he's got a lot of audacity mm-hmm. for coming at us with a ten song, twenty two minute album with not one. Two little uh, interludes. Interludes. Yeah, and what's weird is like when you go back and look at it, his none of his projects have even topped an hour. Like his last three projects have all been like thirty minutes or so or less. Like he's, he's kind of known for that. At he's this got point. the quick, compact style at this point. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. Yeah, no, I'm not. Complaining I love. At all. I love when you can do that. When, I think like, I like, and I feel like it was very, very well exemplified that summer of I think it was 2018, where you know Kanye West wrote or produced those like four albums that were all seven songs, thirty yeah. some minutes. And yeah. It was like have fun, right? Like it's, it, and that was the point where everybody was like, "Huh, shorter albums might be better." Yeah, because you go for a higher win percentage there. Mm-hmm. You got seven great fucking songs and no misses. Mm-hmm. Where can you go wrong? People will listen to it again, and they're listening to all seven of the songs versus you put 21 songs on an album. And they're listening the to chan- seven of those 21 songs. Yeah, they are, but they're listening to them throughout the album, which means they're not always listening to all of them when they do. But like, if they're seven back-to-back bangers, then you're just going to be like, fuck it, play it through. Play it through. Play it through. Play it through. And I got this, 20 minutes on this car ride. Like, this Ben Staples album's got some fucking good songs. I mean, it, it, it kicks off with Are You With That? And that shit goes up. Mm-hmm. Are you with that? I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna pop out. That shit hype. That shit is hype. Uh, and it only gets better from there, for my money. Uh, taking trips, fire. Sundown Town, fire. Uh, uh, fucking take me home, fire. Low fade, fire. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the back half too. Like I feel like I like the back half a little more than the. It's once you reach. It's once you get after that. Uh, that first interlude. Mm-hmm. He really takes off from there because I think the first one's the apple in the tree. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then he, he goes, does. "Take me home, low fade, Lakewood Mall." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's six through ten after the apple in the tree. So yeah. six through ten also include both the interludes, which okay. is hilarious. Yeah, which is funny. That is weird because it's not that I didn't like the first half, but it, they, the song did feel a little like they ran together they ran really, together. really easily. Yeah, but not in like the best way. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I reference Igor a lot for a, a good example of songs running together. Like yeah. you were supposed to listen to them in sequence. Yeah, these first few I I didn't realize the song had changed, and there also wasn't an extreme change in the beat or mm-hmm. vibe in general. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it was like. Like the transition between Sundown Town to The Shining, mm-hmm. like I didn't realize I was listening to two separate songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that automatically is a little under underwhelming. Not bad. Not bad. It's, a it's just like yeah, it just feels like a long song, and you don't really want to listen to the same thing for too long. 
Yeah, and then and then really for me, it's that five through ten mark. Mm-hmm. You got taking trips, and taking trips is where that the album starts to turn a little bit for mm-hmm. me. It's like, oh, this shit slaps. Yeah, I gotta watch the videos. It looked like he had two videos out for this album too. Oh, did he? Let's see mm-hmm. that. Let's check out Vince Staples. Vince Staples. Let me go to his artist page. I'm sure he has them there. Are you with that? Law of averages. Yep. Are you with that? And law of averages is what okay. he's got yeah. for videos. In the I definitely like right law now. of averages. And oh, so okay, just the first two songs. Then. Yeah. Which I guess, maybe that's why they were the most popular. Or maybe he. Do they he make the singles. videos? He also released singles. I, I think law of averages was the only one though. Yeah. Um, that one was uh, that one. Yeah. Like I, as soon as I listened to that one, I was like, okay, this is good. Um. But. Yeah, in general, I thought it was just kind of like a detour from his normal sound, but his normal sound, of course, had been super all over the place and yeah, I not really settled. But it, while it sounds more like a younger Vince Staples, it, it also sounds like so like it sounds re- like fresh, you know, like refreshing to hear from like this sort of project from Vince Staples. And it immediately like jumps out to a new start. Like I remember starting "Are You With That" and being like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. This ain't exactly what I was expecting, but I'm down with it. Like, mm-hmm. Vince Staples is really good at doing, like, the brash, in-your-face shit sometimes. Yeah. And he's also really good at doing this style shit, which I think we saw more at, like, his concert. Yeah. Like, like when he opened for Tyler a couple yeah. years back. Like, this this is more where he performed that, in that yeah. style setting. I can't believe he really performed, what was that song that he performed from Big Fish Theory? Um, that had the cr- dope graphics. It was, um... Oh... I remember he performed a few great songs. I know he performed Offside and, like, um, oh shit, I know that Sevens. It was um, performed like Seven Seventy Seven or something like that. Alyssa that what? Interlude. That's what he performed. Oh, Alyssa Interlude. Yeah. Which was which obviously is an interlude. I'm in that Seven Forty Five. Of course he was going to do that one. That that one was no, obviously hit. Around Seven Forty Five. I I I still listen to that song sometimes, and I'm like, I feel like this. Sh- I should take that. This should be a corny song but it's not for some reason yeah um, right yeah like well, it's yeah, like right, what is yeah, what is yeah right yeah right it's hard did he even play yeah right no i don't think so because i think if you like play that without the kendrick without part, kendrick yeah pop 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 to this bacon pop to the wrist pop pop that's it hard i would have just played that pop, shit like, though i would have just played the obviously, obviously kendrick is not coming to the midland with tyler the creator and Vince. Vince staples but just play the track take a little break up on stage like kendrick's verse was hard bro <laughs> i remember listening to that album for the first for time, the first time. he doesn't list the feature he doesn't how, do you, list the feature. how do you not list kendrick La fucking mar. It's so that when you get to that 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 like morphed like pop 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 and like he starts his verse yeah. and you're like oh, yeah, oh yeah you're like oh <laughs> Kendrick no, that shit was great that shit was great that had a lot of good songs though crabs in a bucket yeah, went big, big fish theory is probably my favorite like Vince project like and and just like on Apple Music when he's like a or I guess he tweeted when he dropped it. We in thirty two, thirty two thirty with it, and I was like, "Y'all really are," because it's like it sounds like some shit I would hear in like um, 
what's a I don't know what's a futuristic movie? Uh, what what's the one with like the Blade Runner? Or Blade some Runner, shit. yeah. Bl- like, is that really what you were thinking? Of? Yes. Wow. Look at that. It's Look a it, it's it's mm-hmm. it's like something I would I would imagine like you would see at a Blade Runner club, like a club yeah, of Blade Runner. Like, like it, it's rap music about a century. It's what it'll be about a century from now. Like, how do you even emulate something that doesn't exist? Like he did it. He he did it. Like he did it. Like now, Vince Staples deserves more credit uh, for my money. He's one of my favorite rappers. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, funny as fuck. That he, dude is yeah, hilarious. No, that dude is I feel like we hilarious. covered like episode one of the Vince Staples show on this podcast at some point. You remember the Vince Staples oh, show? Oh shit! I think we did. I think we did. I can't remember when. I'm just realizing on Apple Music you can look up artists according to record label like at the bottom of big fish theory there's now a little icon that says record label def jam and you can look at def jam all of the artists no shit that's that's an interesting little and so you can do their top releases which is all of their best-selling albums looks like from just since ever yo that's dope like which is dope Oh, and that would be on Big Fish Theory, though, right? Yeah. Because Vince Staples, that album was not released under Def Jam. Who was it? Who was UMG Recordings, Blacksmith Recordings in Motown. Uh, he must have got out of his contract. Must have. That might be why we didn't get music from him for three years. That that could be, yeah. Pop like four on the floor. I mean, man, top release is Trip I think, by Janae Aiko. I think Migos are on Motown now, too. No shit. Yeah, I, how about I the remember... history of Motown? Motown, like, yeah, becoming Migos, fucking Vince Motown, Staples? yeah. Like here, here, I can actually look up Culture Tune see if they're on Motown. Motown is the one that needs a fucking tab. Yeah, no shit. Got not Def Jam. I mean, Def Jam is of course great, but I mean, yeah, but like, listen to this top top uh, two here. Trip by Janae Aiko. Sure, slap. I yeah. like Trip by Janae Aiko. Bobby Tarantino too. Logic. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like... Top two, Jeff Dan- Def Jam, all time? Top. Come on now. Come, <laughs> Come on, on now. <laughs> yeah, no, QC, QC control, like, uh, or, or quality control, control, um, they're, 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 it looks like they have a, um, like, they share the Migos with Motown. Everybody or, like, maybe QC likes. might be a, a subsidiary of Motown. Like, you know how they have labels under labels? Mm. Like, good music is a label of Universal, I want to say. Yeah, some shit like Something that. Something like that. Um, but yeah, they're like on TD, TDE is a subsidiary of Aftermath. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yo, you know, uh, uh, um, Mixed by Ali. Um, yeah. Like he's on TDE and everything. He has the old Aftermath, or not after. What, what was a uh, fuck? What was uh, Suge Knight's label? Was oh, that uh, Aftermath? It was uh, no, that was. Death Row. Death Row. He has the old Death Row studio. That's his mix by Ali. He said that he, I was watching a oh, podcast with him. Or, or not watching. Well, I guess I was watching the podcast for some reason. I was watching. I was watching it instead of just listening. Um, always an interesting choice. Always an interesting choice. Sometimes I just kind of, I didn't know what Mixed by Ali looked like or like what his man. And certainly was. like sometimes you need to put the face with the voice. Yeah, right. Because sure. he's like. Um, J Cole or not J Cole? <laughs> Kendrick Lamar is like soul um DJ. Like he's like he travels around with him and like he's like you come, he's, he's he broke down like the the specifics of like 
engineering versus mastering versus like um producing i want to say or something like that but yeah he's like his like like set engineer or something and he does a whole bunch of other artists but yeah he was talking about how he didn't want a studio and then his like agent or something was like okay that's great and all but i got like the old like like uh death row studios and he was like oh you should just led with that yeah i I want it like yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i'm like that's actually dope as fuck because it's like this next generation of california hip-hop like is being inherited and it's it's just so it's it's that's just like such a dope thing to do another i mean like since we're here vince staples also california also california yeah same as snoop dog which like Mm -hmm. wild wild staples is like he certainly has a West Coast influence, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, in his specifically in his voice, uh-huh. like that flow is West Coast through and through. But he's not yeah. afraid to mix it up with the production, right? Because it's like, and it, what's what's cool about it is like, I think that like, if you go listen to YG or J Rock or Snoop Dogg, like Vince Staples is so different from all of them from any other Western artist right now. It's almost as if you could you could you wouldn't even know that he was from long beach you know yeah. and it's like he's still like very respected by all those artists and he's still in the like got like a very accurate representation of california in his music Absolutely. even though it's drastically different in the way that the other big name artists from that area kind of depict it he's he's like an oddball but at the same time like he's not Nah, I, I get I get what you're saying. Like, he's he's an odd man out in terms of like West Coast rap. Yeah, I'd say just because like YG's like, not making a big fish theory. Like J Rock is, but like honestly, I probably like that as a project more than and like as a conceptual attempt more than I like anything that J Rock ever J Rock J Rock has ever done. Yeah. I mean, Redemption was gas though. Redemption was. Yeah, that's like that was like this deep in his career too because Mix Bolly was talking about it too. Like in in the, in the podcast, it was a really good podcast. Um, he was talking about just like how um, Schoolboy Q gets introduced to like the whole like the whole crew and everything. And this is at a time where they're all sleeping at um like Top Dog in, 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 like in Top Dog's basement, like recording music at his house, like just like. It's it's like a, a a band of people with nowhere else to go that just make that are just making music and he's like yeah I ended up where I fucked some shit up and I just you know I didn't have anywhere to go I got kicked out and they brought me in they're just like all right and like he's just sleeping on the floor next to Kendrick Lamar like yeah and and he was talking about like what TDE was at that time and he's like J Rock was like the one like he was like the he was like the one who like legitimized everything we were doing because J Rock was so huge in the area and like he was the easily the biggest rapper on the roster and to think how that's like changed like drastically. drastically like J- don't get me wrong j-rock is still well, one of the elders I'll of listen, tde and i'll listen to his his shit as soon as it drops every time but if you ask the average person who i guess not the average person who listens to tde because if you listen to TDE, you know about j-rock but the average person who knows about kendrick lamar being signed to tde if you ask them who j-rock is they probably won't be able to tell you who he is or that he has been on tv the longest like yeah that's insane no yeah it's uh it's it's an ever-changing tapestry 
An ever-changing tapestry. Yeah, I TDE versus Dreamville. I still we come back to this every every six months or so. We do. It was an early topic. We do on one of our early episodes. Did we do it episode or a segment about it? Oh yeah, I feel like we've I done was a like, couple. Okay. I think uh, here it's actually in the episode description of one of our early early episodes. I'm gonna go look for it now. Just just for funsies. Just for funsies. Uh, so we had. Keanu Reeves, Rick and Morty, where we did a Rick and Morty episode breakdown. We talked about our best concert experiences, so this was immediately post-Tyler Tyler Creator. So, weirdly enough, we have talked about Vince Staples and Rick and Morty in the same episode before. It all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. And also in the episode where we birthed our love for mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves, uh, the decade's best albums. Let's see. Oh, Episode two, you got to create a feeling. That was this discussion TDE led to a new versus... one about the futures of Dreamville and Top Dog Entertainment. <laughs> that makes sense that we would talk about this early. It's a pretty. It's it's. Been... I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is one of the first things we ever talked. Yeah, about. Yeah, right. Which is crazy, but yeah, no. I mean, that makes sense. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. I think it's a very compelling question. And I, we're, we're just because of the sheer prominence of Dreamville the last couple of years mm-hmm. and the nowhere to be seen seemingly yeah aspect of TDE you know recency bias would lead you to go probably Dreamville yeah honestly like T- Dreamville has been like I don't know I feel like they're more willing to cater to their fans than TDE is but that also too. that makes TDE feel more exclusive but then yeah. also like you gotta think like industry success TDE's got them. Oh, I mean, JID, Boz, they be yeah. on Twitter talking to people. You yeah, know no, exactly. You don't see that shit with any of Zay or they're, J-Rock or Absol. They're or all so famous, though. Like, they're all, like, Schoolboy Q, SZA, Kendrick Lamar, um, who else? Um, those are probably the, the most recognizable ones. I oh, guess I, I'm Kendrick missing. Lamar and SZA in particular. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Um, but Ari Lennox is over there. No, no, no that's, that's, Dreamville. that's Dreamville. That's Dreamville. Um, they also have Sir and then Zachary, Lance Skywalker, Isaiah Rashad, and J Rock Absol. J Rock Absol. That's who I was forgetting. Absol. Absol is huge too. He's probably up there with Schoolboy Q, Kendrick, and SZA. I'd, I'd say he's like a tier below. Yeah, so like th- that's the thing. Then... Which is the weird thing because I think like Isaiah Rashad makes some of the best music, but I see he's got to drop that motherfucking album. He's just got to drop the album, and every and he will. Did you well, see it's announced? Yeah. Oh, there's Ten a days? Date? There's a date? Ten days from now. It's All the right. end of July. Bet, 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 bet. The house is burning. The we'll house is be, burning. We'll certainly be talking about that on the The podcast. house is burning. And uh, we'll be doing that what with the Rick and Morty episode, apparently, because they're just going to run right through the shits, so okay. apparently, okay. which Shit. is hype. Yeah, that, that is dope. That is very dope. Um, The house is burning. What did it say? It was a... It was a Whiskey Burb, with yeah, bourbon soaked, bourbon soaked baptismal hymns or something. Yeah, baptismal bourbon soaked baptismal is what I think it was. That's that's a, that's a sentence right that's there. That's a sentence right there. Bourbon. I don't think I've even had bourbon. Bourbon kind of. I mean, like you gotta like dark liquor first. Yeah, which I'm, is a tall order. That is a tall people. order. I I I can I I I won't even say I like dark liquor. I've drank it enough times to know how it will affect me 
and that I need to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> that's typically, like, the, bro, that's typically drink, the general consensus. My, my cousin, my cousin drinks straight Crown like every weekend. They like just Crown, and so sometimes I'll I'll take a couple drinks. I'll take like two or three shots of Crown, and I'm like, I'm fucked up. <laughs> like, yo, what is this? Why is this Crown? Because you, you ever had Hennessy? Once. I have two, and I was like, oh yeah. Let put the hair on your chest, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just, and don't get me wrong; like, it was solid. It I was think people like, drink. It's not like people drink casually drink. People drink Hennessy because Hennessy and Crown are basically the same thing. Hennessy is yeah, just yeah, the expensive yeah. version of Crown. But I feel like people drink both of those just to drink one to of drink those. one of those. Yeah, like I'm like there you. I don't know. I don't know about whiskey though. I'm just not. I think I've reserved myself to not being a whiskey. Not really ever becoming a whiskey person. And at least not whiskey straight. Like, yeah. Whiskey straight is just disgusting. It is. But there's such an aesthetic to it. Oh, absolutely. Because everyone in every movie ever has the fucking whiskey shit. Whiskey like, on rocks. Yeah, whiskey on rocks. And you're just like, that sounds like a classic drink. You know, Tastes that's, like wh- shit. that's why the only drink from a movie I'll ever take is uh is the White Russian, the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. Strongly recommend. Okay. That's quite the Caucasian, Jackie. <laughs> so that's a line from the movie. I like the movie. See the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. Jeff Bridges. Hell of a guy. But yeah, shit, man. You got anything else? Anything else no. you want to talk about? We're at we're at an hour now. Oh uh, shit, are we? Look yeah. at that. Look at that. I think we might be able to just get the fuck out of here. Like yeah, said. yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. This is the hundred and twenty second episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Tavares Pennington. Thank you very much, buddy. Hola. Adios, even. <laughs> Perhaps. Maybe. I don't know why I had the urge to say that right Hola. there. That just felt like the response that I should offer. It felt appropriate in the moment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, head to patreon.com slash Bloom where you'll find over 15 hours of exclusive content at this point. Uh, some art pieces that won't be, find any, won't be found anywhere else made by me. Uh, head to twitter.com. Follow at pennybloompod. We're almost at 100, which uh, hasn't happened in a while. We've really shot up in follower count the last few months, uh, which has been nice. Uh, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Come back every Tuesday if you're a Star Wars fan for episodes covering the Bad Batch. Uh, Loki just ended, so run back through that catalog if you're interested. A lot of uh, shit going on. A lot of shit going on, yeah. Uh, but now that Loki's over, it's... Just back to this and the Bad Batch, man. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, pretty much. Let's do it, though. Uh, and remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves.